Tonight I want to read a few verses uh, from Isaiah chapter 43. Um, and before we read it, I, I kind of want to cue it up just so we know what we're about to read and what I want to talk about for just a couple of minutes. Um, you may or may not know that the book of Isaiah is, is in the prophetic section of, of the Bible, which is to say that there were a number of people um, before Christ came uh, through whom God would speak. And Isaiah was one of these people. And Isaiah was, was talking to uh, or was communicating the words of God to a really sad people, to a really um, lonely people, uh, to a people filled with fear. Um, they, had, they had lost everything that they had and uh, were, were wondering where God might be. And, and in fact, they were, they were so convinced that he had left them uh, that, that they were despairing. You see, every attempt that, that God's people had made to make their life work had ultimately failed. Why? Because they were attempting to do it apart from him. And, and, and the sad thing is that their worst fear came true. <laughs> what they never wanted to happen became their reality. So historically speaking, before I read the text, some 700 plus years before God's Messiah, Jesus, arrived, that's a kettle, uh, on the scenes of history, a group of people that didn't know God at all, the Babylonian people, they, they, they captured God's people. And, and, and they took God's people and they made them slaves and, and, and they were taken away from the very promised land that God had given them. It was a dark place. It was a sad reality. And hopelessness had set in. And this is a text that the church reflects upon as it enters the season called Advent. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, as, it, as, it as we think about the Advent of Christ, which is to say His coming or His arrival, His showing up. So let's hear these first seven verses. Isaiah chapter 43. Just listen as I read. But now says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you're precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, because, or excuse me, peoples in exchange for your life. So fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who's called by my name whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Let me pray. Father, Son, and Spirit, bless your word in our midst. Give us the good news of Jesus. Amen. Christmas hymns are, are some of my favorites. And the reason that they're my favorites is because they're some of the most theologically rich uh, songs that you could ever read. They're some of the best uh, sort of lyrical content the church has ever produced. And one that, that I really like 
is O, uh, o, T- o Little Town of Bethlehem. And it was written in 1868 uh, by an Anglican pastor up in Boston. And, and there's a line in it that just makes my lip quiver every time I read it. It just really sinks into my heart and it really lands on me. And it, and it goes like this, and, and you may recognize this. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Is there any better way to express our life the reality of our existence than that of a, <laughs> of a back and forth between great hopes and great fear. This is what life is, right? It's this interplay, this collision, this dance of these two realities of hopes and of fears. On which side of that seesaw do you come tonight? Are you high? Hopefully not like literally. I mean, I guess you could be if you want to be. You're welcome here. Totally welcome here. Um, are, are you emotionally high? Are you, um, are you low? Is your imagination filled with fear? Or is it filled with hope? Are your longings being met? Or is everything that you want slipping from your hands? You see, what's true of the human condition is that we leapfrog from mountaintop to valley over and over again. And the good news of Jesus wants to bring to you and me a sense of stability. That's what this prophecy is all about. It's all about hope and fear. It describes the fears that fill us, and it provides for us a hope that soothes us. Really quick, the fears that fill us. What what were God's people really afraid of? I know you don't have it in front of you. Let me remind you. It's just a few things. They were afraid of being left alone. You ever been left before? Hopefully on accident. (laughs) But have you ever had that pit in your stomach where you feel like you've been forgotten? Or you've been left? You don't know if someone knows where you are? They were afraid of being hurt. Like physically, emotionally, psychologically. They were afraid of being hurt. And finally, they were afraid. They were filled with the fear that they didn't deserve rescue. Another word for that is despair. Not only had they been left, but they were convinced that they deserved to never be found again. This is the fear that filled their hearts. And I think those fears are just alive and well with us even today. Friends, I have watched you this year. I have listened to you. Um, I have had side conversations with you, and I've heard from others about you. The ways in which you have shown courage to express your fears. Some of you, for the first time, thought that your fears were insignificant and tiny, and you were so embarrassed that people would hear those. And you've begun to give voice to them. You have. You see, fear fills us. And the way in which we experience the hope-filled message of Jesus is that we would be sober-minded about these things. Yes, it fills us, but the passage doesn't end there, right? It it's filled, it's, it's pregnant with hope, a hope that soothes us. What sort of hope was, was God trying to give to these people who, who were so afraid and scared? A number of things, maybe you heard some of them. The hope that they have been made by God. And that's not just a generic claim that, that he made us like you'd make a Lego. It, it, it's to say that, that we belong to him, that we belong 
to him. This was the first measure of hope. Secondly, he begins to say that I have rescued you. If you've read the Bible before, there's all you hear is these is this the story of the Exodus with the waters and with the people of Egypt. You see, the hope that God had for them is that he had actually redeemed them. He was willing to give whatever cost necessary to rescue his people. This is where his hope began to come in. He said, even when, I think it's verse 3, when the storms or the rains come, not rains, when the rivers come, where is God set to be? The passage says, with us. You see, when a big God who's alive, gracious, holy, and perfect moves toward a scared people, hope is born. I couldn't help but think about my new son, Benjamin. Did you know that he doesn't know that he has arms and legs? It's kind of funny, actually. He slacks himself and he doesn't know why his hands get in the way. Did you know that he can't even see color yet? Did you know that he can't breathe out of his mouth? He can't until he's like one. He's that helpless. He is that dependent. And there's something sweet that happens when, when, when he needs his diaper changed or he's hungry after he's woken up. Two things usually do the trick. The voice of Dory and her embrace. What would it look like for you to begin to see yourself as little Benjamin and your God as that parent who's embracing that child? You see, this prophecy that came to Isaiah Uh, This good news that they heard was 700 years before it would come to pass. Y'all, the United States is less than 250. What? Benjamin, he, he has no idea how close provision is to his life. Right? He's screaming his head off. And like, all that he needs is like this far from him. 700 years. What would it look like? For you and I to believe that the hope that's been purchased for us in Christ is real. Is real. Yes, we kick and we scream, but what would it look like to to try to, to, to have for the first time an imagination that says, He is that close to me. He is that intending, intentional to actually carry me. What would it look like for you to begin to believe that God actually knows what's best for your life? Instead of you trying to invite Him into your plans asking him to invite you into his. You see, Babylon was not Israel's idea. <laughs> that, that was their worst fear. And yet it was, it was through the very thing that they feared the most that the redemption of God began to come to them. Did you hear that? They wanted everything but the reality that they had. And yet it was through the thing they feared the most that God began to work the most. He began to move in. I remember when I was finishing seminary, and I just wanted to be an REF campus minister so bad. I wanted to to be on a college campus. I wanted to know people like you, and obviously you now. I wanted that so bad. I went through the entire process, and I didn't get the job. I had spent five years in seminary, five full-time years, and I had... Another opportunity come along, and it took another two years before the Lord brought us 
to this place. Friends, I want to encourage you that setbacks, failures, and disappointments are not evidence of God's absence. Setbacks, failures, disappointments, sin, it is not an evidence of God's absence. Rather, they're the precise place where Jesus intends to leverage all of his gospel for you. That Christian or Christmas hymn I, I referenced, O Little Town of Bethlehem, the last line is this. This is how I'll conclude. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Friends, Jesus became the sin of our fear to guarantee our hope. This is the story of Christmas. This is the gospel. Amen.